the start. We're good to go. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast, You Chat Too Much. I'm Joe. Hi everyone, I'm Majid. And we're going to be talking today about various topics, but for today's episode, we're just going to give a little bit of an introduction about who we are and why we're doing this podcast. So we've obviously been talking about doing this podcast for a while, Majid, and we've kind of decided to just base it based on um, our conversations that we have fairly regularly. Um, do you want to start by talking a little bit about what some of those conversations end up being about? Yeah, I mean, the people that know us, they kind of consider us to be getting into a lot of deep conversations, don't they? Um, and they're, they're about various things. I think, I think we, we talk about things that people don't usually talk about or, or kind of have thoughts in their head. And we're quite comfortable in having those conversations amongst each other. Um, and that's what the whole podcast is about. It's really basically having these types of conversations and sharing it with our three listeners that we're going to get from it. Um, but also it's, it's, it's trying to get other people to start having these conversations and whether that's with us, people that know us or just amongst themselves. Um, and, and then other things that I think are quite interesting that I noticed about our conversations is that we're both from very different backgrounds. Uh, I'm obviously a proud Yorkshire Northerner from Sheffield. Um, and then, uh, so, and the way I've been brought up is completely different to the way you've been brought up. Um, I mean, let's, let's compare. You, you, your local is the weight rose. My local is the little. <laughs> that says everything, doesn't it? Um, and, and for me, uh, I think, especially when we, uh, especially around the time when the Black Lives Matter conversation was happening, that's, I think, when we started having a lot more, uh, the deeper conversation about different, aspects of life um, and what was interesting is that we both have quite different perspectives um, uh, that's because of our background really um, mm -hmm. but we've ended up in the same place so we end up with very similar opinions mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think the last last thing that the podcast really for me is uh, obviously you're in the UK now for your holiday but being in Malaysia the lockdown is just getting worse and worse so we're in like the strictest phase of the lockdown and we're just about finishing school this week. So for me, it's something to get me focused during, during the holidays. So, share, how about you? Why are you doing the podcast? What's the reason? Yeah, I think, um, I think the point you make earlier about our conversations, I think our conversations were based on, you know, our, we, we built that kind of trust and that relationship to have these quite open conversations. And, um, and like you said, it was, it was triggered by, um, at the time, it was triggered by the Black Lives Matter movement. And I think what was lovely about those conversations was we instantly realised that, OK, we hold loads of different opinions, not just about that topic or anything, but about loads of different things about our upbringing, about our past. But we whenever we had those conversations, we were we were really open with each other. And I think how we how we have those conversations is is kind of something that we want to promote because some of the topics that we might talk on um, or might share our views on they're not they're not topics that should be shied away from and they should be topics that people can freely speak about um, and I think what happens is when people are fearful about just asking questions um, 
it then can come across the wrong way. Um, so I think quite, I think quite early on, we recognised each other um, having like the best intentions with our questions. And I think something that has always stuck out from uh, that you made a comment of once before, Madge, was was you really appreciated me just asking questions, and you hadn't actually ever had somebody ask you that before. Um, and I think, and I just think those those types of comments, those types of conversations have to happen. Um, and I think one thing that I felt as I've started to get older is I just I I probably felt like I knew a lot. And actually, I realized that I really didn't. And that was from, you know, maybe only hanging out with a certain group of people or only having friends from a certain background or maybe living in a certain area. Um, and by experiencing loads of different cultures, by experiencing different views and opinions from different people, I think you just grow as an individual. Um, and I think that's really positive. So obviously we talked a little bit about us having a different upbringing, a little bit of a different uh, background. Do you want to kind of share with me a little bit about you um, growing up in a, in, a, in a bit of a snapshot? Yeah, I mean, where, where I'm from in Sheffield, um, an area called Darnell, um, and it's a very multicultural, um, uh, what do you call it, demographic. You know, we've got people from all over the world. Um, you got you got Ar uh, sorry you got like people from Yemen you got people uh, Somalians Pakistanis Bengalis um, and nowadays we got like a lot of Polish uh, Kurdish uh, to be honest I don't know what the demographic is like now it's been a while since I've uh, been there but yeah that that upbringing there was quite um, it was a shock because when I when I was in primary school, that's all I knew. And when I went to secondary school, I then went out further out into other areas of Sheffield uh, where it was predominantly white, and that was like a big culture shock because at that in that at that moment of my life, I, I that's what I thought the world was. And then obviously going through college and university and being with different people from different backgrounds, you realize how big the world is, and and uh, it's kind of what our podcast is about today. And it really um, now we're international um, you kind of realize um, how different lives end up in different ways because of mm -hmm. you know because of where you started or the journeys that you take I mean today podcast let's let's introduce it I mean what um, we're talking we're going to start off with an easier one right today yeah um, moving and living abroad so do you want to start with how you got to where you are now. So how, how long have you been abroad? What places have you visited? Um, and why, why, why did you decide, make the decision to move abroad? Um, so I think, I mean, I'll start off by saying I, I've lived, um, I lived three years in Egypt and then I'm, I'm moving into my um, fourth, or is it now fifth, fifth year in Malaysia? Um, and uh, and I'm I'm absolutely loving it. I'm loving um, the traveling aspect. Um, I think initially when I decided to move abroad, it was it was for that. I wanted to travel. I wanted to um, continue in education as a teacher, and I wanted to be paid a little bit more. 
And if it wasn't necessarily about being paid more, it was just having the money go further to be able to allow me to travel and experience new things. Um, and I just wanted, I just wanted a bit of a change really. Um, and at the time I, I, I took the job in Egypt and I remember I took it very much, you know, just quite lightly. Um, and a lot of people would, would say to me like, you know, oh, how, how brave I was or, you know, how proud they were that I was making such a big a leap. But I, I never kind of really saw it as that. I just saw it as I'm taking a job somewhere else. And um, at the time, I didn't really seem, uh, it didn't really seem that, that big a leap. Um, and I think when I moved abroad, you kind of meet like-minded people. And you meet people that want to travel every holiday and want to travel every opportunity they can. So you kind of immerse yourself into that, into that culture. Um, and I just loved it. And I don't think there's necessarily um, reasons for me to go back into what I would call a, um, uh, a very like kind of typical, you know, you grow up you you become maybe a teacher in your hometown and you stay there and you buy a house and and that's kind of it you um and your kind of story as it were um i think we was live in a particular a, was that a particular incident or uh situation where that inspired you to move <coughs> abroad like what was the switch um no there, there wasn't massively i mean i think i I've, i vividly remember at university um, well, high school and then university, I was always intrigued by Australia. I was always intrigued by like somewhere else. Um, I remember, I think it was around like maybe 2000 and um, 2000 and um, yeah, I think 2005, 2006. I remember um, them offering people places to go out to Australia because they wanted British trained people and that kind of sparked a, a little bit of something and then I went through university and started to hear and meet people that have gone to like the Middle East <coughs> and uh, and then I started to hear a little bit about the lifestyle and the money and the so all of these things kind of just sparked thinking actually I, th I think I want a little bit more um, and and it was that I think I wanted to challenge myself and um, my my parents, you know, I would say I've had a, a really privileged upbringing where my parents have always encouraged me to to go places to travel. Um, as kids, we didn't necessarily travel um, outside of Europe much, um, but we we always went to you know Europe um, in our summer holidays, um, and they would encourage us to speak the language and would encourage us to. Um, not you know speak our own language and order in French or order in Spanish um, and yeah I really enjoyed that aspect of of just being somewhere different so you know that being said that you know that that brought me to wanting to move abroad and uh, you know I, I wouldn't necessarily ever look back as in thinking I made a bad decision I, I think it's been the the best thing I've done actually what aspect for you was what what made you like kind of make that jump because you know I know this but you you obviously have like a really tight family back at home very very large family that 
probably would have expected you to stay and integrate into the community and, and stay within the community. So what made you take that leap to go, go away? Yeah, I think my, mine started a little bit later. I, uh, I think like a lot of people, I, I left uni not knowing where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. And I made the decision, actually, when, when I talk about something that inspired me, it was actually a series called Long Way Up and Long Way, Long Way Down and Long Way Around. The Ewan yeah. McGregor and Charlie, I forgot oh, his name. Yeah, yeah. Motorbike, when on motorbikes went around. And I remember watching that at uni and I was like, man, look at some of the places they went to. Yeah. Uh, and it started from there, really. Like, um, that's where the inspiration came from. And then I, I, when I left uni, I kind of then made a decision with, with one of my uni friends um to go to go abroad and I was like right in a year's time we're going to go abroad and do a gap year that kind of fell through so for a couple of months I was by myself with Umin and Ari and then one of my other friends uh, one of my one of my closest friends we decided to go together and we got it all booked and from that we did our gap year and and the gap year was really like what I wanted from that gap year was that I just needed some focus I kind of needed to work out who I was where I wanted to go so when I did come back from there I was focused, like I, I got my PGC, got qualified, and then, um, and, I, and then I was like kind of ready to do what people recommend you to do is to stay in the UK, UK for a couple of years teaching. Um, but what happened was right at the end of my PGC, an opportunity came up to, to work in Malaysia. Um, so full-time work, it was like a three-year contract where you get a master's paid for through, through Sheffield Hallam University. And that meant for me, because as soon as I left, as soon as I came back traveling, I was like, right, I enjoy teaching and I enjoy traveling. With both of them, I can make that happen. Um, so it was like, okay, but I need to do the two years. So I was ready for that. And then that opportunity came up uh, and I took it. And, and I've been away for, what, nine years now? I've done four years in Malaysia. Um, I did three years in Egypt uh, where I met you in, that, in that, your last year, my first year. Um, and then we're back together in, in Malaysia again. So been here for what two years um so that's nine years in total um yeah and 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 that's how I, that's how I came abroad like the reasons the reasons why I wanted to travel I think uh when, when once I came out here I think the biggest thing like that I noticed was the weather I love hot weather mm-hmm. love being in my shorts it, it just makes it makes your day so much better when you've got good weather and I mean even in the UK like when when the sun's out guns are out aren't they <laughs> so um <laughs> People are in such like much better mood, and I think that 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 was really good. The fact that you're able to travel, I mean, especially like when you're in this side of the world, um, it's so easy to connect to other parts of the country, and it's pretty cheap in it. And with teaching, you do get some decent holidays. So in those holidays, you're able to travel. Um, and I think in terms of myself, I think that's what travel teaches me is is, is that I, I grow so much as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a completely different person to when I left the UK, completely different person. Um, and yeah, and it's just that I feel like I'm constantly growing. I mean, obviously, you, you live in a different country with different cultures, different languages, different ways of doing things. And you're forced, you're forced to move a different direction. So yeah, you end up growing, um, I think, in a positive way. Um, yeah, so they're like the reasons why I'm still abroad as well. How about you, are there any particular reasons why, why you're still abroad and you haven't moved back to the UK? I think, I think like you, you touch on quite a few things that are very similar that I just, that I enjoy, you know, uh, I think the weather is a big part of it. You know, something that we're going to speak on in, in one of the podcasts is just about like 
general happiness and how to be more happy and um, and what you can do to improve that happiness. And, and we also, I mean, we've had this conversation recently about the price of happiness and you start to weigh it up. And, and I think, you know, we're also in very much different life stages where you've just welcomed a, a new member of the family to your, um, to your three, you've now got another new baby girl. And that changes your perspective of happiness and also the, um, you know, perspective of a lot of things. And for me still, you know, happiness is a big part of it. And um, I think uh, when you wake up in the morning and it's bright and uh, the sun is shining, it does give you a, 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 different, a different perspective on your day when you wake up rather than when you wake up and it's, and it's cold and wet and dreary outside. Um, and, and, you know, we say that not as in like a, a brag or anything, that's just the choice that we've made um, yeah. because, you know, there's, there's pros and cons against it. You know, I think for me, I, what I love is, you know, international teaching is a little bit of a melting pot of lots of different people because you, you're all there for one reason, which is to be a teacher, but you might have come from so many different countries. And I think as well that, you know, you know, Majid's already said about where he grew up. I, I grew up in what I would call quite a rural area in Norfolk in a small, small town called Bunwell. And I went to, I went to high school um in in the in Norwich in the city and we were you know I would say very much probably very much not multicultural um and that started to develop and grow as I was getting older um and Norfolk began to get a little bit more multicultural but if you were to speak to anybody in the last you know now to 50 years um Norwich has, has become more multicultural, but you know, originally wasn't, and it was it was very much just a rural area. So I think that's interesting that because because I feel my mine is different. Mine's opposite. Yeah, I would say I was very multicultural early on. Yeah, and just because the way I've gone to college and uni, and then even even like even though we're in an international school, yeah, it's very much a lot of people are white, aren't they? I yeah, mean, yeah. Um, and and it's not something I'm aware of, to be honest, unless someone mentions anything. But yeah, it is very very different. Like you're, I, I guess you're going to come to the point about how coming into becoming an international it brings more diversity in it, and it's a bit yeah. strange because sometimes we are in a bubble, aren't we, when we're in an international school? That even though we we are in a diverse country, especially Malaysia, is so diverse. Yeah, um, there's still that bubble in there. There's still that reluctance of people mingling in with with different different with the locals and, well, and, and stuff I think like that. I think that's that's a point of of life though in terms of you're always in your own bubble aren't you like when I grew up I grew up and, and went to primary school and you know it was such a small primary school there was maybe two to three year groups in one class and that was all I knew um, yeah. and as a kid I don't think you you really recognize people from different countries or people from different races you just you're just kids aren't you which is an amazing thing when you get to high school you start to be taught um about different countries different races different religions I went to a catholic school so 
I did have that understanding of religion and also different religions in, in religious studies classes. So you start to understand it, but then again, you are still very much in a bubble of like, oh, my school must be what it's like in all schools. Um, and that's, that's just something to, you know, as you grow and, and as you move on to different areas, you then start to ask questions. And I think the questions is, is again, something that we want to try and promote people to do is ask questions, not be, not be feared about asking questions. Um, and that, and that for me is, you know, that, that stems from this, um, this podcast, why we're doing it is because we are comfortable enough asking each other questions about, you know, our experience or our views, our opinions, and not afraid to maybe get it wrong. Um, yeah. Because we will get it wrong. We'll say the wrong thing. Um, and I don't think we can necessarily be, you know, hung up and crucified for saying the wrong thing. I don't know. Maybe, I think maybe that's, that's what people are worried about, aren't they? When, when, when <laughs> yeah. When um, just turns there. Like, like you just said, when you when you ha when you have conversations, people are willing to have the conversations. I think if they're comfortable with the people that are around them, that won't judge them. But these sometimes you you do feel um, if you say the wrong thing, you get branded, don't you? And, yeah. and and I think that's what people worry about. I don't think we're 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 not like that, and hopefully we're not going to come across like that uh, in the podcast. You want to share with everyone, like what what has been what have been the positives for you when when you have lived abroad? I mean. It might differ from country to country or it might differ from different phases of your life, but generally what, what have been the positives for you? Um, I think for me, the, the big positive so far is just that enjoyment of, of, of kind of traveling, um, meeting new people, meeting people that have that, that same mentality to travel. Um, and, and also for me, like, you know, in international schools, you, I think you you kind of get a not not completely two different types of people, um, but there are elements of this as you get people that you know just want to um, be a teacher of an international school, have a fairly easy life, teach, um, but travel loads and make money and things like that. And then you get the others that kind of want to really catapult through education because international teaching is a great platform for moving. There's loads of growth. There's loads of professional development because of the, I think because of the turnover of staff in international schools, you know, you can go from being a teacher to a HOD to a assistant head, you know, in a, a lot shorter time than in the UK where people might not be moving on. And I think I've, I've enjoyed that type of side of international teaching where you enjoy the traveling, but there's also that real drive for professional development and, you know, um, leadership opportunities. And that's something that I really enjoyed. Um, I think we can all be, we can all be um, uh, prone to sticking within our comfort zones in international schools, in our bubbles. I think if I compare Egypt to Malaysia, in Egypt, there were aspects where I began to learn the language and the language wasn't necessary, but it really helped when you were traveling just to have a, a slight understanding of the language. In Malaysia, I, I can't say I know 
really any Malay apart from, you know, the odd word here and there because everybody speaks English. Um, yeah. And sometimes I'm aware that I might leave the country in however many years time and I might not have ever learned, you know, uh, learned the actual language here. But then from, from my opinion, the language is so diverse here in Malaysia, like you already mentioned when we talk about, you know, how many cultures and how many uh, languages there are. So it, I go back and forth of, do you move outside of your bubble? Do you stay within your bubble? What are the benefits of going outside of, of that bubble? You know, for me, learning the language isn't necessarily going to, going to benefit me in any way. Um, By the way, though, Malay is one of the easiest languages to learn, to be honest. Yeah. I'm not saying that like I'm a pro, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, has, it has no past tense, future tense, no feminine, masculine words. It pretty much, you know, like just simple, yeah, simple yeah. translation. Um, it is pretty easy language to learn. I mean, for me in the language, I mean, uh, my wife is a local, so um, although she speaks to me in English, but my first stint here in Malaysia, I was staying in more of a local area. And yeah. um, so I, I was kind of forced. It's that same thing in Egypt. Like for me, Egypt, I had to learn Arabic. Uh, you yeah. are saying that you didn't. Uh, but for me, I had to learn Arabic. So I was taking classes and I, and I felt like I really connected. But the problem with the locals there for me was that um, you didn't know the language enough to form a conversation. So there weren't really friendships with, with the Egyptians. Where here, yeah. uh, especially during my first time, I made loads of friendships with my uh, with local people who I'm still friends with today, yeah, uh, and that's because English is so so spoke, it's spoken everywhere, isn't it? Really, like you just said. Are there any other re other positives that you you got from living abroad? Um, I think for me, it's it's the big thing is just meeting new people all the time, and uh, and I, I think you know, and we talk about we talk about the impact of COVID and the impact of the pandemic. I think this these last 12 to 18 months, one of the big factors and the big reasons why this has been so tough for, for us is not just like the online learning, but it's been the lack of, of ability to travel. Um, and that for us in Malaysia, that's been interstate, interdistrict even, um, and completely closed off. But being able to travel is such a big part of of why we teach abroad, because that's why we've done it. We've come abroad to be able to teach, work, work solidly during the term. And then when we have those breaks, when we have those holidays or long weekends that we're able to, to travel um, and we enjoy that side of it. So I think for me that that's, that's what's caused this pandemic, another factor uh, to make it really tough. And um, you know, that's, that's what I love about it. I mean, you, you guys love traveling as well. And I think we've spoken about this, about how you're going to continue traveling lots, even when you've got two young, two young kids. Yeah. I mean, for me, like you said, travel, uh, it's one of those things when it's taken away from you, you realize how much it does mean to you. But mm -hmm. uh, the difference with me is I've got um, what, a kid who's like, only 20 months old and I've got a kid who's like a week old so <laughs> to be honest we uh, when we when the pandemic did hit we were planning on, on continuing to travel but 
it's actually been better for us to stay here because like with the naps, it's just hard to travel with kids. So yeah, for us, the pandemic has been boring, but I think it would have been boring regardless because we'd be, we'd be here with kids. So like for me, I've, I've had a good nine, 10 years of traveling and pretty yeah. much every single holiday. So, and I kind of did that on purpose because I knew at some stage I wanted to have kids and there's going to be the settling down stage. But yeah. yeah, as soon as the kids get old enough, we're, uh, we'll be traveling again. It'll be very different, very different way of traveling than uh, before, but it still, it still can happen, can it? Yeah, super stuff. Well, well you've also I mean, had the ben- you've also had the benefit of of being able. I mean, the pandemic for you, as you've seen um, your first little one grow up and spent more time with her than you would have ever been able to if we were teaching full time. Um, and we're yeah, that's true. I mean, we, so here there's some positives for and against, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, here they give you three days paternity. So um, when, I, when I did have that, I mean, I think uh, when she was born, it was like November and then we went into lockdown like February. Yeah. And it's that bond that you build with them that I would never have had, have had I've been with her for the past year. And then obviously even with, with the little one that's born now, I've still got a few months now. We're just going into summer holidays. It's like yeah. a proper paternity in it. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing I just kind of want to bring up is that I, I forgot to bring up earlier was that one of the things that made me really like move abroad was that when I came across people, uh, different people, different phases of life, but a lot of them were from who were teachers themselves. And when I said the idea of me traveling or the idea of me moving abroad, a lot of them said, I wish I did it when I was younger. Um, and and they, you could see they said that with regret. And one, one of mm-hmm. the things that like my motto is to not do any, live life with any regret. So uh, that was that was the, one of the things that drove me to do it, um, and and like with, when I tell my list of the reasons why I moved abroad, I kind of wanted to say that because people make a choice, right? People make a choice of whether to stay in the UK and live their life as it is. Some people decide to move abroad and then move back to the UK, or some people decide to live abroad for a long time, and and, and it's a choice at the end of the day. But there are perks, like you said, like you mentioned, I mentioned before, like the weather's like in Malaysia, like one of the one of pla- when I choose a place, it's always like weather's one of the things that I consider. Yeah. Um, in Egypt, it got cold in it a little for a, for a short while, but it wasn't it wasn't as cold as in the UK. We still have yeah. to put your jeans on and that. But um, for you mentioned before about money money being slightly better, I, I think the money is pretty similar in terms of what you get paid, but it just goes a lot lot a lot more than it along mm-hmm. uh, longer. What's the word? Um, it goes further, it stretches it? more here. Yeah, yeah, it stretches more here, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think with that, um, you can build a better, uh, live a better lifestyle. So the fact that you can go out and eat here, like eating out, is cheaper than cooking in it. And the fact yeah. that you can go out and eat, the the fact that you can just go for a restaurant, not really look at the menu, like prices or anything like that. Um, all all the condos, all the apartments are very modern. They all have swimming pools and they have gyms and. Uh, and and you can drive a decent car without like breaking your bank uh, balance. So I think that 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 is a factor. That's something that you can't. Well, you can do in the UK, but you you'd have to be earning a lot of more money there. Mm. Um, and we talked about travel and and the other thing for me, for food culture is quite a big one. And I think because I've been traveling abroad, I've been like food massive for me. I mean, look at the size of me. So <laughs> so. <laughs> Food, food is good like the the fact that you like you said a lot of the cultures here especially here 
um, because it's a, a Muslim country, they don't really drink much. So a lot of their socializing is done through food. And yeah, so it was centered the same around food. food. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and by going to different countries, I've been able to try out loads of different cuisines. And for me, one of the biggest things we're living in Egypt and Malaysia is that everything's halal. Mm-hmm. Where in the UK, I've got to be very conscious of what I eat. Like a lot of the restaurants I go to, I have to eat vegetarian. And here, I don't have to worry, you know? And it just feels yeah. like normal to me where before uh, I had to be very conscious of where I'm going and where I'm eating and stuff. Um, and it, it tends to be in the UK, you don't really get the halal food is like either Indian or it's kebabs, you know, you don't really, or Middle Eastern, but you don't really get other cuisines that are used, using halal meat where here you can get every type of cuisine um, halal. So that, that, that diversifies, you know, my palate. Yeah. Um, and then, and then in terms of like, the the job the job itself like you mentioned before like the 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 progress you can make in an international school because the nature of it moving so quick people have contracts two three years and then they leave for various reasons I mean whatever the reasons are um, so job roles are always coming up so as as a teacher myself I feel like I'm growing a lot quicker like for example within a year I was a head of department you know. Um, director of sport within a few years I mean that that would have taken years and years to get to that stage um, and the fact that I've been able to uh, grow so quick in, in my role um, you really learn a lot quicker don't you and it's that it's that change and it's that progress that we talked about before when you travel you grow but also professionally that's what international school does to you doesn't it um, what about some of the negatives then can you think of can you think of any negatives um yeah i mean there there are the the obvious ones aren't they when we when you move abroad it's it's family um and and you know home comforts and things like that you know i i've got a very tight knit family um mum and dad at home and and sister and nephews and and so on and yeah it's a big part of it but i think one thing i i wouldn't really speak too much on would be just the fact of going back to the the happiness and money price of happiness is, you know, just, just fly out and see, see me or fly back and see them. You know, it's, there's a, there's part of it where if you're, if you're making enough money that you can afford a flight, then, you know, that's something that you just have to do. Um, and I think it's important to do that. So yeah, for me, that's, there's very few negatives um, and I think the positives always outshine those. And I think you should always, always kind of focus on those positives. I think that's something about mine and yours character is that we, we focus predominantly on the, the positives of things, even during lockdowns, like we're thinking about things that are positive about the lockdown. Um, you know, if you're, if you're having a tough day at work, you're, you're trying to think about the positives that have come out of it. Um, and I think that's something that's a credit to our mindset with a lot of things and, and our, our character. So we've talked about moving abroad. Do, do you think you'll ever move back to the UK? Do you have plans to move back to the UK? Uh, no, not at the moment. That's a fairly short answer. No, not at the minute. Um, you never know. I like to talk too much. That's very short. Well, you, you <laughs> never know what's going to happen. I think with international teaching, one thing that we have recognized fairly early on is you never know what's going to happen so you never know what type of um you know 
friendships, relationships, um, life changes, life, you know, life stages, having, having kids, um, the health of your family members, you can't predict that. So you, you can never say like, never, never. Um, and you never know of your job security, even, you know, I think, um, the pandemic has shown that and, and put into a, put your life into um, a certain level of perspective over these last 12 to 18 months to say, Oh, actually nothing, nothing is set and sure. And I think that's, that's how we've seen a lot of people's mindset change and um, whether that changes their job career, whether that changes their um, spending habits, whether that changes their life goals. And I think that's only a positive because all you're doing is reflecting on what you're currently doing. So um, you never know. I mean, what about you? Um, yeah, for me, like, I, I think you, you just talked about when different things happen in your life. I think when I moved out initially, I, 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 um, I always had that mindset of like still belonging to the UK. Like, although I moved abroad, everything was still the UK. I compared everything to the UK. The standards that we live by is always compared to the UK. I mean, yeah. these are some of the negatives about living abroad as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, that true. Our mindset is, st is still, we're, we're still in the UK. Like, our we have houses there, we have family there. But when we move abroad, it's always seen as a short-term short thing. Mm. But as, as time has gone on, like, that's kind of faded away. But to be honest, uh, since I've had kids, all I ever do is think about moving back to the UK, to be honest. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to do it now or like really like in the next few years, but there is some sort of plan of going back. I mean, for, for we talked about it before, like family and like my nephews and nieces are all born there when I've been out here. My, my two daughters are born here. They've not even met their family in the UK. And um, that really like hits home as well. You know, um, being away from them, I think I've, it just, I don't know, it makes you grow up a lot quicker or something. So there is a plan of going back to the UK. I just don't know when, um, whenever it feels right. But I think the, the beauty, and I think this point is really like important for people who are thinking about moving abroad. The beauty of being, um, being blessed to be British is the fact that you can always go back and start again. Like I feel, I feel people miss that point. Like when they, when they move abroad, they always worried about like I've got this mortgage or I've got this job and whatever. I never felt that. I've always felt like you know what? If I've got I've got a degree, I've got my teaching cert. If I, and I've got loads of other skills as well. Like if I do go back, I'll be able to find some work. I'll be I might have to struggle for a bit, but I'll be able to get on my feet again. Um, and that's that's the comfort. I think we're quite lucky that we're from. I'm sure it applies to other uh, countries, but I think we're quite lucky to have that um, spirit. Um, that comfort knowing that where if you're from different parts of the world, you don't really have that comfort because government don't really support you in, in, in that sense. So I think having, having that um, and having the option of moving back uh, is, it's quite, and that flexibility in moving back is quite, it's quite nice to have. So I think I will move back at some point. Um, but right now where I am with the pandemic, with the kids, a kind of, um, yeah. The, the other thing I want, uh, also what I'm thinking about is like, I want my kids to be brought up in a, in a, in a secondary school in the UK. I just think there's more diversity there. It's, it's weird, weird saying that in it, but like, mm -hmm. even in our school, you got 99%, they're all Malaysian Chinese and the culture is very similar. The way they think is very similar. Mm -hmm. um, the culture of like 
getting the highest grades and all they ever do is, is, is study and stuff like that. Where in the UK, I want them to meet the different people that are from different backgrounds who've had different struggles. Because at the end of the day, I think you're going to save those people. So I think, it's, I think that's really important for me, me becoming who I am. We talk about that diverse upbringing. Like, it's, it's key. Like, with, I would not be the person I am without that. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd, I'd like my kids to have that. And also the fact that they're British, although they're not born there, they're British. I want them to understand what the values are for them to be British as well. So then you're only going to do that if you live there. Um, and and the, the funny thing is, is like every, you know, this everywhere in the world, they're all trying to get to British universities or American universities. Um, the, the standard, the education standard is the, the Western world, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're on this side of the world and we have that privilege yet we're on this side of the world so I think we need to take advantage of that because at the end of the day that's what everyone else wants from here they're dying like spending loads of money to get there so I think yeah at some point I will I definitely will move back do you do you feel guilty for being out here do you ever feel guilty for for living abroad um no I I think um no, no, I don't. In a sense, I think uh, there are elements where you're there's an element of guilt when you feel that you are potentially missing out on things um, and people, people's lives. You know, friends, kids growing up, um, nephews growing up, and you kind of missing that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, and and I think something something to expand on maybe even in a in another episode because I think that that element of of where you live and how that impacts other people and the decision making behind that is there's I think there's there's way more to kind of talk about on that um and and kind of like delve into a little bit because that that's a big part of it but not not a standout guilt that would make me decide to come back or not do you feel guilty for, for teaching out here, knowing how much easier, easier, is that the right word? But how much uh, more you can do out here with compared to the struggles of UK schools? Um, I think, uh, I think for me, I think for me is like education is, um, is what it is. We, we're, we're in education because we um, enjoy teaching. Um, we might have be in education because we either love it or for me, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm good at it. And that was the, uh, a career path that I chose to be on. And I think wherever you are in the world, there are always people that deserve to be educated. Um, and I think the argument, and again, this is, there's way more to, to talk on this, but the argument of, international schools uk schools private or non-private um irrelevant i don't think you can ever um you know uh kind of change your mindset on whether uh, when whether kids deserve to be educated depending on on where their parents put them into school or also where they grow up um and something that something to briefly touch on is if you come from a wealthy background, that that shouldn't take away from you being entitled to be educated or not. Um, if you come from a, a background of low income and you're in a school, again, you should be um, granted that education. 
the quality of education can sometimes be affected. But again, this is there's way more to delve into there. But I don't think we should ever take away that. Um, and we've we've made that decision to provide uh, education to students out here at a school that has employed us. Um, and that's that's kind of decision that I'm happy with that I'm doing that and I'm, I'm enjoying that. And these kids are these kids that we teach are, are amazing and, and great and great personalities. Um, very similar to what they would be in the UK or in other countries. They're just they're kids that want to learn. And I think that's that's something that you uh, you can kind of focus on. All right. So let's finish there and let's just um, appreciate the reason why we call this podcast. You chat too much is because Joe literally does chat too much. I mean, I reckon I reckon you easily smashed 80 percent of airtime there. Um, I'd, yeah. I'd, beg, I'd beg to differ, but we can. It uh... is what it is. We'll get stopwatch <laughs> out. We'll see. We'll see what see what ratio we hit. But uh, yeah, I think I think first podcast went pretty well. Yeah, really good. Yeah, I think there's there's loads more to talk on, and uh, we appreciate you listening. So thanks very much. We will see you in our next episode. See ya. Yeah.